Bitcoin takes a tumble, Ghana's inflation is at a 20-year high, and collective investment schemes in Uganda. Have they reached maturity? Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. The level of savings and investment in Uganda's capital markets has grown significantly, notwithstanding the reduction of disposable incomes as a result of the prevailing inflationary pressures. Capital Markets Authority latest quarterly bulletin update indicates that collective investment scheme managers have a total of 1.3 trillion Uganda shillings in assets under management. At the end of June 2022, representing a growth of 13.7% from 1.15 trillion at the end of March 2022. Samuel Sanya, Communications and Public Education Officer at the Capital Markets Authority, joins us for this episode to put these numbers and market conditions into perspective. Can you elaborate as to whether this growth in collective investment scheme signifies maturity in the local investment capacity in Uganda. The financial sector is made up of uh, uh, mostly commercial banking, uh, which is regulated by the Bank of Uganda. Then there is uh, the pensions, uh, there is insurance, and there is capital markets, uh, which is regulated by the Capital Markets Authority. Now, uh, these uh, these industries, if I should call them so, uh, all contain money in different forms, liquid cash. Uh, then there is in it is semi-liquid, and then there is what is called. Uh, let me call it solid or something which is uh, takes long to to cash out. Technically, it's called there's M1, M2, and M3. M1 is the money held in the banks, and that is uh, that was reported to be about 22 trillion. Uh, in 2019, the pensions sector uh, has about 18 trillion or so. Um, some of this is captured in the uh, in the money that uh, the banks have because you keep the money with the bank. The capital markets uh, has what are called fund managers who have about four trillion, and then there's what is called collective investment schemes, which hold about 1.3 trillion, which is uh, in a report we recently released. In many countries, capital markets usually has more money than commercial banking. The picture is usually the other way around. Uh, the reason is that uh, for a country to develop, you actually need the capital markets to be stronger because the capital markets uh, give not only money to finance uh, entrepreneurship and these ideas are what actually lead to employment and growth. But it's, it's not just the money, but there's also the know-how. Through things like private equity, um, the capital market is all about looking for the most efficient use of money. So the capital markets is involved in improving corporate governance of companies, making sure that companies can uh, withstand what are called shocks. Shocks are unexpected events. In the commercial banking side of things, uh, the bank is basically going to give you money and then off you go, figure out how you can repay the money on your own. But the uh, capital markets does more than that. Uh, they will look at the best way to give you money. In, in sometimes you, the entrepreneur may be required to sell some some stakes in their company equity, uh, and then receive uh, assistance through knowledgeable people on the board uh, to help direct how this, the company should run transparently, how it can handle its taxes, how it can expand its client base. Uh, so you have sometimes what are called preference shares. People can redeemable shares. You, you know, you can give money in that sense and then, 
uh, the people that give you the money can exit at some point and you know leave the business to run uh, in a bigger way. Um, they have what they call corporate bonds. They are what they call medium-term notes. There are very many ways in which the capital markets customizes its assistance to help a company to get money which can repay patiently over a long period of time without unduly stressing the company to be thinking of just working to repay loans. Uh, there needs to be space for the company, yes, to pay loans, but to repay the money it borrowed, but also to give it enough space to grow and to employ more people and to become more productive, to grow from one level of productivity to a higher level of productivity. That's what the capital markets does. So in, in Uganda, we are not there. You have about $22 trillion held by the commercial banks, and uh, you have just about, uh, in total, if you add what is held by collective investment schemes and what is held by fund managers, we're looking at about, uh, give or take, about um, $7 trillion or so. We need to channel most of this money into the capital markets such that we have suitable uh, ways of financing the growth of Uganda in similar ways that the Americans, the Belgians, and all the other countries have done. Have we reached maturity? I don't think we have, but we're certainly on a good path. Uh, if you look at uh, the growth in creative investment skills, which are called mutual funds, when they arrived in the U.S., it took about 50 years to really catch on. And we've seen that we've increased awareness. We've seen uh, very good growth. Accounts opened by for collective investment scheme purposes have grown from 8,000 to about, uh, 8,000 was about two years ago. We are now at 47,000 uh, as the message of these mutual funds, these collective investment schemes grow. The target was to reach 1 trillion in 2024. It's 2022, two years early, and we're at 1.3 trillion. If we maintain this momentum, we might reach uh, maybe 2.5 trillion in two years' time. That was Samuel Sanya, Communications and Public Education Officer at Capital Markets Authority, Uganda. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Ghana's annual inflation rate accelerated for the 15th straight month to 33.9% in August of 2022 from 31.7% in July, but below market forecasts of 34.3%. It's the highest reading since August of 2001 even after Ghana's central bank delivered a record 300 basis points rate hike during an emergency meeting in August. Prices continued to soar for both food, namely oils and fat and non-food items, of which transport and housing utilities with prices of imported goods rising more than domestic ones for the fifth month on the back of a sliding currency. On a monthly basis, consumer prices rose by 1.9%, the least in eight months after a 3.1% rise in the prior month. The World Bank has urged countries to get their adults banked to increase financial resilience. This, as the Global Lender reveals, that there is 1.4 billion unbanked adults worldwide. According to the World Bank, bank account ownership has reached 76% of the global population and 71% of people in developing countries. It's advocating for 100% ownership by 2030. Gender inclusion in accessing of banking services has also been improving in the past decade. The lender is asking economists to ride on the digital wave to increase access to banking services to spar a savings culture with the aim of boosting GDP growth and cut debt dependency. Several countries in Africa have brought banking services closer to people with almost 80% of bank transactions conducted digitally. 
Credit rating agency S&P Global Ratings has warned South Africa that grey listing by the Financial Action Task Force could raise government borrowing costs but will not immediately affect S's credit rating. And while it will raise transaction compliance costs for the private sector, banks are not expected to lose their correspondent banking relationships in the event of grey listing. Uh, South Africa was notified by the UN-aligned global body two years ago that it had insufficient money laundering and anti-terrorism financing controls and risks being placed on the FATF grey list. South Africa's weaknesses were particularly marked in the failure to prosecute wrongdoers for corruption, such as occurred during the era of state capture. The body expects a report in October and will take a final decision at the Financial Action Task Force Plenary in February. Should South Africa fail to deal with the gaps flagged in a timely manner, its repetition could be weakened and its commitment to Governance reforms questioned. This could place South Africa's sovereign rating. And a quick look at the markets. Bitcoin tumbled almost 10% to below 21,000 US dollars in a broad sell-off across riskier assets triggered by the prospects of an even more aggressive tightening of the Federal Reserve following a hot inflation reading. The Labor Department's Consumer Price Index report shows the monthly CPI unexpectedly rose 0.1% in August from July against analysts' expectations of 0.1% contraction. Ethereum and some major altcoins such as Cardano, Solana and Ripple slipped between 5 and 8%. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index fell by 0.5% to close at 67,964 extending yesterday's decline after U.S. inflation rose faster than expected in August, prompting fears of more aggressive interest rate hikes by the U.S. Central Bank. Financials were the worst performers, while miners and tech stocks advanced domestically. Concerns persist over intense load shading. Power Utility ESCOM ramped up rotational load shading to stage four until Thursday morning after promising it would see it to stage two for the rest of the week. On the data front, South Africa's retail sales rebounded by more than expected 8.6% year-on-year in July. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K-Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K-Financial. And you can find me at With the Dawn.